listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have back the fabulous Gracie from our trademarks division at Aspect Legal to talk all about a very interesting new uh, new developments in the trademarks world. Grace, thank you so much for joining us again. It's a pleasure as always, Joe. Fabulous. Okay, wonderful. Now, um, what are we talking about today? I've seen this word written down and I don't even know how to pronounce it. How mm. about you talk us through it? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about something that's interesting and topical and the latest news in the trademark world and um, one of the biggest players in, in our world actually in terms of trademarks is probably Apple, the Apple company from the U.S., so what's happened recently is that they've lodged a trademark in the US for a word that they've invented and the word is slofi. Slofi. Yeah, yeah. And what does slofi mean? So it's it's the word that they're using that then they actually used it at a at a launch recently for their latest iPhone model mm. um, which has got a feature that allows you to take a selfie in slow motion. Uh, a slow motion selfie. It's a slow motion selfie feature. Selfie. It, yes. So it, the, the camera takes 120 frames in a second. Wow. So I don't know why you would want to have that many photos of yourself, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and just as an aside here, we have to be very careful what we say because I know in the past when we've talked about Apple, Grace, you have found out that they're tracking you. in <laughs> So this podcast gets to some very interesting places. So Apple representatives, if you're listening, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing bad to say about you. We're just interested oh, in your approach yes. to trademarks and brand protection. Yes. They're very <laughs> interesting Apple because well I just had a quick look to see how active they are we know that they're active internationally but here are some interesting stats on Apple Mm. they currently own over 800 trademarks in Australia alone isn't that interesting yes and their earliest currently registered trademark in Australia was filed in 1968 wow so imagine what their trademark lawyers But I guess it it just shows you that Apple are are clearly acutely aware of Mm. the importance of brand protection. Absolutely, yes. The brands that they're using. Um, And and I guess um, the the interesting thing about this is Mm. that um, Apple have obviously come up with this this created word, slow. Yes. But why is it? that they would want to trademark it immediately at this point. Uh, yes. Because it, it, it's, you know, uh, most people think of trademark protection uh, being used in relation to goods or services. And this, uh, I mean, is 
is perhaps more about a word that they're trying to associate them with. So maybe talk us through this and what the what the meaning then is for businesses in terms of how potentially they can approach um, mm. the, the type of approach that Apple's using. Yeah, so so it's interesting because they filed it a few days after the event where they first used the mark, used the word, yep. and they lodged it in class nine for downloadable computer software, mm. which essentially is how you would go about protecting an app. Yeah. But the way that they're using the word at the moment it's not in relation to an app. It's in relation to a feature on their phone. So strategically, it seems like what they're trying to do is protect the word so that it's a brand um, to stop other companies from using, from being able to use the word to describe or in relation to their software. So they're wanting to have exclusive use of this as their brand to be able to have it be an Apple-only word. Mm. They want to own it. And it's really, really clever and maybe mm. um, it's giving you, the listener, some ideas about how mm. you might, how this might be relevant um, to your own business because what, mm. what Apple have done is they've, you know, they've firstly come up with something that's distinctive in terms of yes. what they have created from a technology perspective yes. and they have overlaid that with a distinctive way of talking about it. So coming up with a whole new word to talk about yes. this, this yes. uh, technology and then overlaying it with protecting that word. And and so now one might guess that they might be out in the market spending a lot of money building up uh, a team mm. around this new word that they're going to try and stop other people using. Absolutely. So, I mean, they have quite deep pockets. So, if they just wanted to get in ASAP, which is always the move we we recommend our clients do. Mm. Um, but they just want to make sure that this doesn't become a generic word that yeah. people use, like selfie, um, so that everyone it just becomes commonplace in the market to refer to anyone using this feature on their phone. It, they want to keep it exclusive to Apple, which is amazing. And it's and, and I guess this is a really great opportunity for us to talk about the takeaways that our clients can use. Mm. Um, what can they do? What can they learn from this, from what Apple do? Because Apple are so savvy with their marketing. Mm. As soon as they launched this, there were hashtags for Slofi all over the place, all over the social media. Yeah, um, It wasn't received that well to tell you the truth because oh, really? a lot of people yeah a lot of people are saying well why would I, I want a photo of myself <laughs> in slow <laughs> in motion, slow motion. <laughs> that makes yeah 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 I'm, but yeah, you know it, apple apple <laughs> will jazz it up <laughs> in their marketing but i, I mean then, the the word selfie itself as as you said you know selfie mm. comes from a combination of slow and selfie but selfie yes. itself is a word that uh didn't really exist you know well guess what it's in the dictionary now. <laughs> Is it? Wow, yes. interesting. Do you know when it was put in the dictionary? I don't know, but right. all the big ones like Merriam-Webster and came and the Collins Dictionary now have them listed mm. as a photo you take of yourself on a device, mostly a mobile phone. <laughs> so. mm. But, of course, and maybe Apple is watching that and saying, well, whoever came up mm. with that word in Selfie, relation yes. to the technology that uh, exactly. the, the first technology that allowed people to easily take um, photos of 
themselves, you yes. know, uh, wow, look at how this word has developed mm. a common lexicon. You know, now we want to be able to control the use yes. of this word that we're coming up with. That's right. In relation to it only being used for our technology, not for other people's technology as well moving forward. Yes. I think it's a really super important point. This is why I'm laboring it for Mm. businesses to have their mind on because if you have an asset mindset, so you're thinking Mm. about the the value of the intellectual property that you, you are creating or can create within your business and you're creating words that represent things that you do, like here's, mm. a, here's a great way that you can get ahead of the market to ensure that only your goods are operating under that brand if you're able exactly. to mark registration. Exactly. And especially in the tech space where things are being invented all the time, it's great. If you've come up with a word and we all know, hopefully if you've listened to our podcast previously, invented words, words that aren't in the English language, they're the most distinctive words there are in terms of a brand. Yeah. Because no one else could possibly be using that word to describe their products or services and be doing it honestly, it's got to be in reference to you and they're trying to write off your reputation. So if you've come up with a word that is new, it's a combination of two words or it's something that just doesn't exist anywhere, get on to trademarking it. It's, mm. it's, it's got to be it's got to be your word. It's got to be yeah. exclusively owned by you. <laughs> and I guess it might be useful, you know, one of the things that we do with our clients and, the, the, you know, you, the listener, can go and do yourself, um, uh, you know, to an extent is a bit of a brand audit, you know, so going mm. through your business and, and really investigating what it is that you've been using and, and really digging into how protected, you know, do these IP assets that you have in your business, do they have value? Um, mm. And um, would you have an issue if someone else was using them in relation to similar um, goods or services? Um, and are they protected or to what degree are they properly protected? So I guess this is, yes. you know, these are the sorts of things that, that people can do to go and mm. dig into or audit the value of their own intellectual property and, and the level of protection. Yes, and if you are at a, at a point in your business where you're coming up with new brands, here's a good tip. Yeah, come up with something that's completely made up, and yeah. and and it sounds counterintuitive because you think, oh, I'd like, I'd like to pick some words or a phrase or something that everyone can very quickly understand what it is, just from looking at the brand. But actually, it's the other way around. If you come up with something that's completely original and made up, the more distinctive and easy to protect and easy to enforce it is. Yeah, brilliant. I think that's a really good point. Okay. And and um, I, I guess it's also important to uh, re-emphasize that what Apple will now do after they've got the, well, well they haven't got the registration yet. Was, as we all know, it's quite a long period of time. Well, yes. maybe our listeners don't. If you don't know, it's quite a long period of time often yes. <laughs> between application to actual registration. But now mm. that they've got the application um, in for the Slofi wording, the, the next step is that they'll try to ensure that the word doesn't become generic but operate. That's right. Brand. Yes, yes, yeah. So I guess that that step that they've taken of lodging it as a trademark application was the first step Yes. in trying to ensure everybody knows this is a brand. We're using this as a brand. We're not going to use this as a descriptive term 
to describe a feature of our phone. Yeah. And so what's the problem with marks becoming too generic then? Yeah. So this is this is an interesting issue that we've not never spoken about before. And the issue is that even after a trademark has become registered, if that word, which is a brand word, starts to become commonly used in reference to that product or service, rather than referring to the source, the trade source, the original trade source, um, it can become generic and actually its registration can be challenged Mm. and it can actually be removed off the trademark register. And we call this colloquially the risk of genericide. (laughs) Genericide. Well, that sounds very close to another very horrible word. Yes. (laughs) Genericide. Okay, so take us through... Genericide. What um what are some examples of mm. um and I challenge you to say that really quickly. That's a hard word to say quickly. Genericide. <laughs> um so what's some examples mm. of some words that have become genericided? Is that, mm. <laughs> is that yeah. the correct way to so yeah. So these are some trademarks that have actually lost their protection in various countries for becoming too generic. So some words are um, cellophane, wow, that was originally a brand name. Wow, aspirin, um, thermos, a thermos, right? So mm. that was a um, uh, that that was a trademark that represented one particular supplier's uh, version of this. Initially, was it? And, yeah, um, everyone's referring to the words. Yeah, to refer to food storage product that keeps your food hot. <laughs> <laughs> So and they lost protection. That's really in, in one of their countries. Yeah, apparently. So then there are other words that I'm sure everybody knows that you might be surprised were actually are actually brand names. So words like esky. Mm. Um, we all say I photoshopped it. Yeah, Photoshop is a brand name. I windexed my windows. Mm. I rollerbladed to the park. It's mm. rollerbladed is a brand name. Wow. Um, and I've got an example here of Xerox. Xerox um, in the 70s where they're still around, but they were very active in the 70s about people uh, ensuring people refer to their word as a brand rather than a verb. Right. Um, there's, there's a letter that Xerox wrote to the New York Times because apparently the New York Times in one of their articles used the word Xeroxing mm. or to they somebody xeroxed mm, mm. instead of saying photocopy. photocopy. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and everybody in our day, we all say we I Googled it. Yes. Yes. I yeah. I Googled it. And so Google have had to go to court and defend defend their rights to their trademark because somebody tried to get it removed for becoming too generic. Everyone's using it as a verb. Mm. And so here's the interesting point about all of this, and and I'm sure business owners are sitting there sort of trying to work out what would be better for them. Obviously, when Mm. when people in um, common language are using your brand name to uh, as as a verb. Uh, yes. So I, I guess there's a positive to that in that you've got mm. lots of people constantly repeating your brand. So yes. obviously it creates brand recognition. But on the flip side, um, the issue is that you could end up in the situation like cellophane, aspirin, thermos, where mm. your your protection is taken away from you. So that's right. Uh, so competitors creating similar types of products or services 
can now use that um, in relation to uh, their goods and services. So, mm. uh, so, so I guess h- here is the conundrum, and and we would probably say that that it's far better that you are aware of the use of your mark and that you're protecting the use of your mark so that your mark is only applied to your products. That's right. There's a fine line between market saturation and then it becoming generic. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the risk, I think. And um and and that's what Apple have done right now. They want to make sure the word sloshi never becomes a generic word. Yeah. So there are some takeaways for our clients who already have a registered trademark and, mm. and we always inform our clients about this, but it's being careful to use your trademark as an adjective rather than a noun. And it takes a second to kind of get your head around this. Yeah, maybe give us an example. Mm. So say, for example, Google, the, the correct way of referring to the brand is to say, um, the Google search engine. Mm, so like the word Google there. What it is. Mm, instead of saying go and Google it, using it as a verb or as a noun, um, using it as an adjective. So mm. you would, we would say Kleenex tissues rather than get a Kleenex mm. or Apple computers rather than get it on your Apple. Mm, mm. I see. Yep, absolutely. Mm. So if your brand is Kleenex, then you're adding the word tissues on the end. Kleenex. That's right. Yep. That's right. Okay. So and um, what else can yes. um, can our business listeners do mm. uh, to minimize the risk of this genericide? Yeah, it's it's important the way you use your mark in your campaign. So um, something you could try is um, making the word stand out in terms of the font. Um, you could italicize it. You could make it bolder around descriptive words that are being used around it. So, for example, put the word tissues in. Put the word Lego Lego blocks. Put the word blocks in. Mm. Um, but make the the brand stand out. Use the R symbol. Use the R symbol if it's a registered mark or or a TM symbol if it's if it's a trademark. Mm. Um, and and just make sure that you're educating your market in the way that you're using the brand that to ensure that everybody's aware it is a brand, not a generic word. Brilliant. Okay, wonderful. Okay, Grace. Uh, well, look, I think um, that has been a really interesting uh, episode. Certainly, I've learned a lot in relation to Apple's new word, Slofi. I'm sure yes. our audience has too. Uh, just as a quick recap, Um, In this episode, we talked about uh, not just about uh, Apple's brand new word, Slofi, but also about the concept of how if you come up with a new mark, then it's a great idea to get it protected so that you can control the use of that mark. And then I guess, Grace, we also talked about it's not just about protection, it's then also about controlling the use of the word to avoid what sounds um, absolutely terrible <laughs> this area of this impending doom of genericide mm, yeah when your mark becomes so big that everyone just uses it in common day language <laughs> yeah. and and more importantly I guess you mm. also lose the right to to stop people from um, That's right. other, other competitors from using it in relation to their products as well. Mm, um, mm. Okay, great. Grace, I just want to say a massive thank you for coming on to the show today. My pleasure, Joe. <laughs> Great. Okay, and to you, our listener, if you'd like more information about the topic, then all you need to do is head over to our website at talkinglaw.com 
www.thrivingmom.com.au. And at that website, um, you will also be able to find details of how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal, just like Grace. If you would like some assistance with trademarks or indeed um, if you realise that it's at the point that you should be undertaking a brand and intellectual property audit um, of your business. Well, that's it. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please pop over to uh, Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast player and uh, leave us a review. But otherwise, hopefully you will tune into our next episode. Grace, thank you for coming in. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> thank you, our listener, for listening to us. You've been listening to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Are you looking for a top quality legal team to assist you in your organisation? Aspect Legal is an innovative commercial legal practice that specialises in providing fast and professional services for their clients. If you'd like to chat about how we might be able to assist you, simply head over to our website at aspect.com legal.com.au to book in a time for a free discussion with one of our lawyers. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au. Thank you.